It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench shocky with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. And here we go. For today's Locked On Reds episode, we've got Locked On Cubs in for a Locked On crossover. I'll say Locked On like 20 more times just in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> really happy to have you guys in today. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. We're happy to be on the show. Happy to talk some NL Central baseball. Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. We are just, by the time this posts, we will be two days away. I'm planning on posting this on Tuesday. Be two days away from opening day. Cannot be more excited, especially from the Reds in. How excited are Cubs fans for this season? Um, Not very. Yeah. <laughs> you want to you take this question, Ryan? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, uh, Cubs fans in general are not that excited uh it's been uh, a bad off season bad last like several months for cubs fans i think uh just yeah constant bombarding with uh crappy news on and off the field um you know there was uh, an expectation for a few years based on a lot of the things theo epstein and other members of the front office had said that they were going to be in play on uh bryce harper this off season and then they never were and so there were a lot of people asking questions, myself included. Uh, you know what what happened? Where where was the disconnect? Something changed, and they're not not telling us when and where it changed. Um, so th- there's been a, a kind of a lot of pe- people having some angst over that. There's currently some angst over the fact that Craig Kimbrell is out there talking to uh, the Milwaukee Brewers when the Cubs are really the team that need. Um, you know, a shutdown reliever. They have so many questions in their bullpen. And, you know, their big free agent signing was, uh, what, like three and a half for $4 million to Brad Brock. So uh, they're just, uh, that, you know, I think there's some cautious optimism for things like Chris Bryant coming back healthy and, and how badly they missed him. Uh, you Darvish is healthy and throwing really well. The rotation, you know, if everyone's pitching to their potential one through five is probably one of the best rotations in the game. So there is some optimism, but there's also, I think everyone's just a little fatigued by all the bad stuff that's happened. For sure. Is that, and is that fair? Oh, if everyone ever, Sean, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah that's a, uh, that's pretty much uh, on par with it. a lot of, a lot of frustrated fans right now with the, an off season that seemed like it was going to have a lot of promise. And then with, you know, obviously not getting Harper's and Machado's of the world, plus with like the disappointing news of what's going on with Addison Russell and, you know, all sorts of behind the scenes stuff with ownership and Ricketts and Joe Madden being on his final year. There's a lot of animosity right now for sure with Cubs fans. With all the turmoil and the the guys on you know comeback years and question marks, what is the most solid part of the Cubs? The thing that you guys are counting on the most in 2019. 
Um, I would say probably their offense. Um, as long as everyone's back and healthy and, and, and doing the things they should be doing, whereas, you know, Wilson Contreras hits like the guy he was in the first half of 2018, not the second half. You could say that for a lot of guys, but a healthy Chris Bryant helps. Uh, Anthony Rizzo getting off to the starts we expect him to and not having a slow kind of start to the season like he did last year. But everything works the way it should. This Cubs offense should be able to score a lot of runs. I know I think they've scored the most runs in uh, Cactus League right now, which is great to see. Obviously, it doesn't mean too much, but um, it's a sign of good things to come. So if the Cubs offense can kind of do what we expect them to do, score you know five, six runs a game like we've, we've seen them do before, uh, that's a huge plus to this team that could see some regression on the pitching side. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Uh, I also think uh... – you know, the bullpen's a huge question, but I like the rotation quite a bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, John Lester is getting a little older, and we've talked on our show before about how, you know, if you just look at ERA and win totals, you might think he had a great season last year, but, you know, digging a little further into, you know, some of the peripheral numbers, uh, you know, basically his worst uh, K per nine uh, in several years, his worst uh, amount of walks, he had a, a fairly high FIPS. So uh, there are a lot of kind of regression numbers kind of sneaking up on him. So, you know, maybe he gets a little worse this year, but you know, the rest of the rotation looks really good. Kyle Hendricks had a great season again last year and is primed to be great again this year. I, th- I think Jose Quintana is going to be better than he has been previously in a Cubs uniform because he's going back to his changeup, which is something that uh, Sean and I have talked about quite a bit on our show. You know, how mm-hmm getting away from that changeup basically limited him to essentially two pitches which as a starter it's hard to be you know too uh, too impactful if you're only throwing fastball curveball so um i i really like the rotation i think the offense is going to be good for them but uh the rotation for me one through five again everyone healthy with darvish and now you have hamels in there you know just just think back maybe like two years ago if you would have said hey you're going to have a rotation that has you know, John Lester, who's aging, and Cole Hamels, who's aging but still good. But you're also going to have Hugh Darvish, and Kyle Hendricks is going to be your number four, and Jose Quintana is going to be your number five. That's an excellent rotation. Absolutely. And I, I did a high-level overview on a podcast. I think it was about two weeks ago for the Cubs. And when I looked at that rotation, I was like, man, if those are your four and your five guys with Hendricks and Quintana, I'm like, geez, this is – one of the best rotations in baseball. You don't have to squint that hard to see Quintana and you Darvish getting back to form. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know Ryan, Ryan has mentioned here before that that change up for Quintana is, is, is really a difference maker um, just because he does have a lot of like, his pitches don't move a ton outside of his curveball. Uh, his fastball is pretty straight. Uh, he does have a two seam, but it doesn't move a ton. That curveball falls off the table, but um, when he's not hitting his spots and locating, he doesn't really have another pitch to go to. So it becomes kind of hittable. Uh, he had like a lot of lackluster success with the cutter for a little bit, but uh, that changeup when he was using it was getting, I think, what, what was it, like 16% sw- like swing and miss or something like that, Ryan? It was, he had a huge whiff yeah. rate on it. Yeah, it sounds but, familiar. I mean, really, I think for for him, even if the changeup itself isn't that great, and I feel like that might be why he went went away from it for a while. So mm-hmm. He kind of just felt like he you know didn't wasn't getting great success. I, I think what what was missing was when he's missed with the curveball, and we've seen him get out of it a little bit with the curve where he can't command it like he wants to. Then he just gets crushed on the fastball because there's no other look. 
at least when he can pair the fastball with the changeup to you know get hitters off balance and make them think about a third pitch that can make all the difference in the world for him so i think that's what we've seen from him the last couple years he has these games where the curveball is great and he dominates but uh when he's not locating with the curveball that's when he starts to get crushed because he doesn't have anything else to throw up there but basically a 92 mile an hour fastball yeah Definitely. And I, I remember a couple of outings, actually, one at Great American and then one at Wrigley where Quintana just, I mean, the Reds couldn't hit him at all. So I don't I don't see him uh, being too much of a liability in there. And then, I mean, definitely with you, Darvish, coming back healthy, I, I definitely fear your guys' rotation probably more than any other rotation as just looking at it from a fan standpoint. You mentioned all the stuff going on with um, – Addison Russell, how how have you guys kind of felt the way the Cubs have dealt that all throughout the offseason? Ryan, did you want to take this? <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can. I can, yeah, I can. No, uh, way to deflect. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I, I would, I think I speak for a lot of the fans when I say it's been really botched from the start. Yeah. I think the Cubs have tried really hard uh, to figure out what they've done wrong with Russell and try and make up a little bit of the ground on that by spinning the whole thing as, you know, they're trying to hold him accountable and be part of the solution, which I understand. And I think there are people with the Cubs who really want to be part of the solution, and, and that's legitimate. And I know Theo Epstein feels that way. He's not, you know, just trying to do the whole PR thing, which I think for for some people in the organization, probably Addison Russell included, it is just a PR thing. It's just about saving face. But I, I think there are people like Epstein who who do care about getting this right, even though they've kind of not gotten it right. So to that degree, I, I do empathize with a few of the people involved who want to do well, but just haven't. Um, that said, Addison Russell, in my opinion, from what I've seen is not one of those people he's, I don't, I don't think he's trying all that hard to change personally. Uh, and really it's just that I'm skeptical because I, yeah, this is a situation where we know what he's done wrong. He needs to prove it to everybody that he is changing and he's failed to do that. It's basically just words and PR at this point. So, um, the whole situation uh, is unfortunate. Um, it's been botched by everybody, and um, I, I think that he shouldn't play another game in the Cubs uniform, and I felt that way for a while. I think that uh, he should be out of baseball until he proves that he is not the same person anymore. But that's my point of view. Uh, Sean, do you have anything to add, or do you disagree with any of that? No, I mean, you, you, that's basically it. it. The whole situation, it's just it, – there are like Ryan is saying, like the Cubs have good intentions. At least it seems they do. Um, we just have to see if they're going to fall through on those intentions is really what it is now. Cause you can talk as much as you want, but until you're truly doing the things you're saying you're doing, um, it's tough to kind of believe this, especially with how long the issue kind of was dragged out and how, you know, the Cubs basically kind of took Addison at his word and it didn't sound like he was entirely truthful through the process until 
towards the very end where it was all kind of coming out. Um, so, I mean, he's going to serve a suspension and we'll kind of see he's, he's essentially going to miss the first month of baseball. I think he's got 28 days. He has to serve on the suspension still. Um, so the, he'll be out off the roster at least for the first month. And then from there, I mean, he'll probably be in the lineup as long as he's playing well, I, I would assume the Cubs will probably just kind of go from there. So it'll, it'll upset so? some fans. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, Sorry, go I'm ahead. curious. I, I was going to ask you because because uh, you touched on this, not to derail too much here, but uh, I had been thinking about it. You know, let's say Baez is playing great. Obviously, he was you know very close to winning an MVP last year. So let's say he's playing great, and then your combination of basically Zobrist, Descalso, and David Bodie at second base is being very productive. At that point, if you're the Cubs. You know, if Russell's ready to come off of his suspension and maybe isn't hitting well at AAA or whatever is going on, do you just call him up right away or do you take the opportunity to try and take a stand and say you don't get to just automatically come back? Because we've already seen with Ian Happ, they weren't afraid to send him down under the guise of accountability. So, right. you know, accountability is the big word they've been throwing around with Russell. So I'm I'm of the opinion that if you know it wouldn't be too hard to imagine a scenario where he comes you know his suspension ends and he's just added to the forty man or or just officially optioned to AAA. Yeah, I mean that that that's probably what would happen in that situation. I I think the Cubs would probably spin it as the as that they were you know trying to prove a point with Russell that he has to earn it if he's not hitting well, but if he is hitting well and he is doing the things you would expect a player at major league caliber to do a triple a, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs add him to the roster. So I think it's going to be more so what, what benefits the roster and less about the situation um, is what I would expect, which is disappointing because they're kind of seeing the opposite, but if everything's going the right way for Addison Russell, I would expect he'll be a part of the big league club at some point and stay there. So yeah, we'll see. That's I hope of- not, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, guys, this is the part of the Locked On Reds baseball podcast where I talk to you for a moment about sex. That's right, and we're talking good sex. Do you remember the last time that you pitched a complete game? Has it been a while? Are you just getting to that quality start right now? I've got a solution. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a chewable tablet that has the same active ingredient as Viagra, except it is much more fast-acting since it's a chewable. Now, through this special offer, you can go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code MLB for this introductory offer. You get a free shipment of Blue Chew. You just pay $5 in shipping, and you can have it sent to you. It'll help you get back to where you want to be when you want to be there. We're talking about bluechew.com, as in the color blue, B-L-U-E.com, promo code MLB. This is a great introductory offer for the listeners of the Locked On Reds podcast. Bluechew.com, promo code MLB, for your free introductory offer. BlueChew.com is a new partner of the Locked on Reds podcast, and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. That kind of answered my next question. I was thinking, how do they go about replacing Addison Russell? Because I know like, if I watch a national televised game or if the Cubs are playing against the Reds, I always enjoy watching him play. And then 
I know obviously with all this stuff off the field, that's uh, definitely something you got to kind of reconsider there. Is it something that they move to replace him? Or like you said, if he comes back and he plays well, then it's just water under the bridge, so to speak. Um, I, I would say, I mean, uh, I, I think the Cubs – we're trying to shop Russell at some point this off season and there just weren't enough people that wanted to take a risk on the guy. So I think they're trying to do a little bit of like PR work for Russell and kind of recoup some value with him in some regard um, to maybe try and move him because he has been essentially kind of on a downward turn basically since 2016 when he had his great season with the Cubs and they won the world series. He hasn't been that player since. Um, and it kind of looked more like he was benefiting from the situation than he was really kind of being an above average major league hitter at this point. So there's a lot of what ifs with Russell. He hasn't necessarily won too many people over in that clubhouse. You know, Ryan and I've talked about this before. He's kind of a loner um, and it was definitely amplified in these last couple seasons with all this off the field issues. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs moved on from him. Um, but that being said, if his value is cheap enough, his glove is excellent. If you I mean you could have a, you could find worse defensive replacement guys. Um, so I don't know if that's what you want to do with him, but it would kind of have to be a case by case sort of thing. I, I don't know if they get rid of them, but they definitely could, and you know, could definitely find players that could fill that role a hundred percent. Yeah, and I I think that they're they've been looking to move him for a while, and um, they've just run into this unfortunate whole situation that has um, you know everything that he's done has created a situation where they can't trade him or at least not get value that they want back for him. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the, that is their plan. They're trying to rehab his image around the league a little bit uh, so that they can move him at some point, which will unfortunately mean he's going to eventually play in the big leagues with the Cubs. And if he is hitting well, uh, I think they do eventually move him because there's a little guy named Nico Horner uh, mm. that I think will be coming up maybe in September of this year if he's healthy and plays a full season. And there are a lot of people I know who are really high on Nico as a hitter uh he's starting to get a little more lift on the ball uh wasn't a big power hitter in college but uh this is a guy who's just a pure hitter who i think might be just the guy who scalds line drives all over the field and uh hits over 300 gets on base a little bit um just you know play maybe he'll play second base with Baez at short so i, I think that's probably at this point if you were look, trying to map out the cubs long-term plan in the middle of the infield it's doesn't have anything to do with Russell. It's all about Baez and probably Nico Horner. Yeah. And that's a good segue too. talking about Nico Horner. What's the next, I know that uh, Theo Epstein's really done a good job of building the team with also keeping up a pretty good, you know, store of minor league talent. Who's the next big prospect coming up for the Cubs? Uh, I would say it's probably Nico. Um, is the next big exciting one who's going to make it to the big leagues. There are other guys. Um, Adbert Alzale is a pitcher who I think you'll see with the Cubs this year, probably in the bullpen, um, at least to start. Um, I, I would imagine that his his long-term outlook is as a starter, but uh, in the bullpen maybe this year you, you could see him. He was on track to get to the big leagues last year with the Cubs, and then he had a lat injury that shut down his season. So, uh, he didn't make it, but uh, the, then there are other guys like uh, left-hander Justin Steele, who's going to be a double A this year to start, but I, I believe he's on the 40-man roster already, which is uh, one of the bigger leaps um, towards development to get to the big leagues, so he could be called up without having to be added. 
think he's 23 or 24. He's on kind of fast tracked, um, throws about 98, 99 or 97 yeah. average with, uh, from, from the left side. So, um, don't know if he'll be a starter long-term, but he could be one of those, uh, you know, Justin Wilson when you, when he was good, if you can imagine like Pittsburgh pirates slash Detroit tigers, Justin Wilson, I could see him being that in the bullpen, uh, in a year or two. So that, that's a guy you might see soon. Um, I'm trying to, you know, uh, Dakota Mekas, another bullpen guy, um, absolutely outstanding minor league numbers uh doesn't throw real hard but has kind of a funky delivery and a big frame that makes his 93 mile an hour fastball come on you like a 97 mile an hour fastball um so he strikes out a lot of dudes and then there's a shortstop named zach short um uh, hits for pop uh and plays really good defense uh doesn't hit for a high average but he gets on base a little bit might just to throw numbers out uh completely unfairly uh he's probably going to be like a 250 hitter with maybe like a 330 340 on base with 15 to 16 home runs if he played every single day playing you know maybe not gold glove defense at short but above average defense at short so um a a decent little shortstop who's probably not uh an everyday player on um on a contender but uh probably a a reasonable prospect who's going to be in you know a regular player i would guess uh sean do you have any others that i completely botched and forgot no i have a little man crush on dj wilson but i think his uh his his (laughs) potential of uh being being something more than just a pretty good defenders is probably out the door at this point um there's some other guys like uh brennan davis cole rotor the cubs um uh, they were yeah. there were 19 year olds at the Cubs drafted last year that have some high potential, but they're probably three, four years away from really being on the big league club. So they're probably the next gen of maybe top prospects. But Cole Rotor got it gets compared to uh, Andrew Benatendi for the Red Sox a lot. Uh, Jared Mayo from MLB Pipeline wrote an article about that. We talked with that on our podcast. Um, there's some guys that could turn into something, but you know, there's also I mean, you know. We heard a ton about a guy, Jose Albertos, uh, maybe two years ago, who was 19 and looked like a stud, and now he's going to be 21, and they don't really know what to do with him at this point. So, I mean, it's 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 very tough to look at those prospects, but the Cubs have some like lottery ticket guys along with the guys Ryan mentioned. So, they've they, yeah. the, the 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 I guess the prospects are better are getting better now. I mean, but you know when right. you graduate. Yeah, the- your four first round picks over the last six years to your major league club, you're, you're doing something right, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the arrow is pointing up on the farm system. It's still not one of the best in the game. It's still very much closer to the bottom, but overall right. there's some pitching that's exciting. There are a few young hitters that are exciting. A catcher named uh, Miguel Amaya. Um, oh yeah. How do we forget him? He's, <laughs> he's uh, yeah. So that's the thing. A lot of their prospects are either just recently drafted like Nico Horner, who's only had 14 games professionally or they're guys like, you know, Brennan Davis and Cole Roderer and Amaya, who are basically 19, 20 years old. Um, if you want to, if you want to look for a guy that not a really a prospect, but um, a guy who I think is going to be uh, getting a little bit of a chance, it's Mark Zagunis, who's shown in the minors that he can hit quite a bit. And he has, um, I think in the minors, he has like an over 400 on base percentage, just doesn't hit for a lot of power. And he's not a great defender in the outfield. So he's kind of a mismatch, but he can hit lefties and uh, he's really shown off this spring and it looks like he's going to be stealing Ian Hap's roster spot. So um, that's a guy to keep an eye on, at least for the first maybe month of the season to see what he's going to do. 
Good deal. Yeah, and thus ends the dynasty fantasy baseball portion of our park. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was curious. I saw the range of projections with, um, hmm. I, I want to say it, it was either Pakoda or it was Depth Charts had, is one of the two completely flipped. Like one had the Cubs winning it all in the NL Central and one had the Cubs in last place, which. I definitely don't think that they're a last place team. Where do you guys see them finishing at the end of this year? Uh, Pakota. Brian <laughs> <laughs> um, actually uh, wrote, wrote for uh, baseball perspectives uh, site as well as the Wrigleyville site. So I'll let him kind of dive into this a little bit first. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah. Well, I, yeah, you're overselling it. I did write for them, but um, to, to, uh, to be very clear, I have nothing to do with Pakota. No, Ryan's uh, an expert. He's lying. Ryan, tell, <laughs> tell us what the numbers right. mean. <laughs> I write. Uh, I write all the algorithms. Now, uh, the little the little dirty secret is every fan is their assumption is correct. Pakoda is not an algorithm. It's just a whole bunch of writers sitting around saying who do we like and who do we hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <You> but, <laughs> but no. Um, to answer your question, uh, Sean and I talked about this on our recent uh, on, on our YouTube show actually, which is called Talking Cubs, which is separate from our Lockdown Cubs podcast. And we were talking about where all the teams kind of rank. We pretty much agreed that we think this Cubs team is the best team in the division. Uh, if we were to, at least me, I don't know if Sean agrees specifically, but uh, if we were to say that there's one team that I think could be unseating them, it might be the Cardinals. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that the Brewers are going to win. The Everything kind of went right for the Brewers last year, and they still had to take advantage of the Cubs just getting hosed in the schedule in the second half and yeah. losing both their best offensive player and arguably their best pitcher for most of the season. <laughs> and and they still had to go down to a tiebreaker game to unseat the Cubs. Yep. So I don't necessarily believe in them uh, coming back and doing it again. But uh, man, that Cardinals team, a whole bunch of talent on that roster. So if there's a team that I think could sneak up and just take over the division this year it's probably the cardinals but i, I think the cubs are in 94 95 96 win team yeah i would say i would say about the same um the cardinals definitely improved a lot this year having paul goldschmidt uh, makes most teams pretty good um so uh, especially since he just signed an extension i think it's a five-year deal now so he's going to be in the division for a bit now um cardinals are definitely formidable um the brewers uh even if they i mean there's rumors that they're apparently going after craig kimbrell um even though the cubs really really probably should go sign craig kimbrell but um um the Brewers are, are a team that probably, like Ryan said, probably maybe maybe not overachieved because they are a good team, um, but everything went exactly right for them, so it's hard not to see them regressing a little bit. Um, so whereas like the Cubs had a lot of regression across the board, it's hard to see them not going back to their norms or at least getting better with a Chris Bryant. So I'm I'm still pretty high in them. I don't see how the team doesn't win 90-plus games this year again because uh, even everything falling apart last year, they still won 95. So um, I'm not sold that they're going to be – bottom of this division i don't know how they just miraculously lose 20 plus games that they won last year we were starting to go way long on that podcast with locked on cubs guys i really enjoyed my time talking with them this was a great crossover and you know maybe sometime here in the near future i'll be able to release part two of that 
guess you could consider this part one. We went for 40 minutes, and I know our mission is to make sure that everything is in a bite-sized sample, and even as it is, we're a little bit past that bite-sized. So wanted to cut it off right there. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Reds and the Locked On Cubs podcast to kind of get a view of our division rivals each and every day on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. And also check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Tomorrow on the podcast, we will be talking opening day. It is so very close. I mean, you can just taste it. It's going to be a really good podcast. I've even got a couple of surprise guests in with me. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and get that episode tomorrow. Because as you know, the Lockdown Reds podcast is your only daily podcast source for the Cincinnati Reds. Which means I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.